And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Look at us. Look at me. Excuse me. Look at me alone in my office. The last uh, one of the last few episodes you'll see in this office because uh, I am, in fact, moving uh, to a smaller place that costs way more. But also I get amenities. Let me just spout my uh, entire address while I'm at it. Okay, let's. Uh, we got we got a lot of crap to get to, so let's just go ahead and get started. I can t- I can still taste the dinner I was eating uh, nigh on, nigh upon twenty minutes ago. <laughs> All right, let's hop onto this. The first story comes from Variety. It's about Nielsen. The Nielsen ratings they are facing backlash. Nielsen ratings are the ratings that say, hey, uh, this many people were watching, you know, holy moly on Thursday night, uh, July 16th, 2020, 2 million people were watching. Ratings are important to know how many people are watching shows. And we'll get to ratings in a second for a streaming platform, the most popular streaming platform that never reveals things unless they're huge. So... Despite a pit, this is written by uh, Brian Steinberg over there, everybody. Despite a pandemic that has forced many Americans to shelter at home, Nielsen will, after all, follow through on his plans to chase TV viewers in bars, hotels, and offices. Offices. After meeting with a storm of criticism from TV networks, Nielsen is expected to reverse his decision to delay the inclusion of so-called out-of-home viewers in his tabulation of national TV ratings, a sign of just how important counting that audience this is some of the nation's biggest traditional media companies. I think this is, uh, you know, depending on who asked about this, maybe, who knows, maybe it's Viacom, CBS, and, um, and Disney, and the Fox Broadcasting Company asking Nielsen, hey, we got to get these numbers up. You know, people aren't watching traditional TV anymore, and these shows are getting 2 million views, and then, you know, in the, in the live plus three-day viewings, which includes, you know, Hulu and DVRs and stuff, and then Live Plus Seven Days. We're including those numbers now. Uh, the companies are, and I'm still the companies in this situation. <laughs> but does that mean that, uh, you know, if if five million people in total have, or eight million people in total have watched the show or the movie, does that mean that uh, the day one viewers it doesn't matter anymore? So Nielsen had held conversations Friday with several uh, senior, this is from last week, senior ad sales executives at top TV outlets. According to six people familiar with the matter, the media uh, measurement giant has informed those networks and others it will it now intends to count out-of-home viewers during the fall season as it had originally planned. Why are they there to apologize? But why do they need to apologize? The measurement firm unveiled this decision later this week without informing the networks in advance, these people said. After hearing the comments from networks, Netweerks, that's their slow typo in here, uh, quote, it became clear that we had misunderstood the extent to which upfront deals had already be, been agreed to using out-of-home metrics. So they want, so again, networks are probably using out-of-home met, uh, networks. That was a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air actor that passed away. Uh, Gallen Gorg, 55, who's that? It's a woman. She's in Robocop 2. I should stop reading things that just happened. Um, but I, but I, but but again, my assumption is that they want to use these metrics for out of home viewers at hotels and bars and uh, and all uh, other manners of 
viewing outside the home in order to uh, count for uh, traditional viewers. But I don't understand. I think for bars, it's going to say it's going to be like if there's a football game on and the the bar has you know a cable hookup to seven different televisions and and six of the TVs are on or on, you know, on that game, does it still count? Oh, hey, look, the companies I named, Viacom, CBS, NBC Universal, Fox Corp, WarnerMedia, and Walt Disney, they all were a part of the discussion. The plan to bring a tabulation of people watching TV outside their homes for the next TV season was announced at the start of, uh, at the start of the last, what? Last TV season. The, there's a lot of typos in this, and I can't believe this has gone up, but also it's a, it's a variety, so I can believe it. <laughs> It sounds like a, a stick it to him. So yeah, so this has been planned since last fall. This is a, a big move for counting uh, viewers. Interesting. I thought it was interesting to me, um, but we're going to continue on with the with the what should we call it? <laughs> the the broadcast news. Uh, going on to the rap. This comes from uh, the rap, <laughs> written by Tim Basinger. No relation to Kim Basinger. It's Basinger is spelled different. It's, it's spelled the way it sounds. Basinger, but Kim Basinger is spelled completely different. Any hoosers, CBS commits 25% of script development budget to BIPOC-led TV projects. They're going to, network is going to have uh, all of the writers' rooms staffed by at least 40% BIPOC writers. So the headline, let's go with the headline first. CBS is going to, the shows that it's making, it's going to dedicate a, f- a quarter of that. I was going to say a fifth, a quarter to people of color. I was going to say people of color because I don't like BIPOC. Just <laughs> say people of color. Browns. The Browns. <laughs> nah, blacks, indigenous, and people of color. BIPOC. Additionally, uh, CBS will mandate that its writers' rooms each reach a minimum of 40% BIPOC representation by 2021 and 2022. The threshold will increase to 50% by 2023, 2022, 2023. Wow. Six series this coming season are expected to reach that minimum threshold. Amazing. Um, This is good. Okay. On this week's episode of News Time, I made a joke about Batwoman. Just... Uh, the, about the the producers and the creators over there. Uh, after Ruby Rose left, they hired a black woman to play the new Batwoman, and uh, and and she's and she's gay. Uh, and I thought, and I think that doing something like that is a knee jerk reaction. However, I didn't say it was bad. I'm just saying it's a knee jerk reaction. You know, just it's just like you know, uh, who's what's hot right now? Uh, black women. They need to be hired. <laughs> You know, like damned if you do, damned if you don't type situation. But uh, coming up for for this, this is this is building towards something. This is CBS looking at what they have and then going, okay, we need to take the proper steps. Now, instead of just hiring people left and right, they're doing they're saying, hey, this is we're going to we're going to need you to to build towards this Uh, shows like SWAT shows like All Rise. Uh, there's an Equalizer reboot coming, and then uh, Bob Hart's Abishola, which is a show I watch. Uh, the Neighborhood, which uh, I, I was just watching The Family Feud that uh, that uh, Cedric the Entertainer and the cast of Neighborhood were playing against Wayne Brady and his uh, weird friends. Uh, and <laughs> it, sounds like a, it sounds like I'm tagging him, but I'm not. Uh, he's a weird friend. He's friends with his ex-wife. 
and his and his ex-wife's boyfriend is there. It's weird. Anyways, I think it's a very that's a it's a it's a good plant. CBS used to be like completely white. I would say before Superior Donuts, uh, which was a show starring Jermaine Fowler and um, oh god, <laughs> a bunch of other people. The guy from Taxi. That's <laughs> so mean. I just said the guy from Taxi as if uh, as if I'm a, you know, the guy from Taxi. You know his name. Uh, it was, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch, Jermaine Fowler, and a bunch of other funny people. Uh, and, and but before that, prior to that show, there weren't any people of color led shows. And you could tell, and, you know, you could tell there's probably no people of color uh, writing on the shows. So, so to go, and that was in like 2000. When, when, how old is the website? Seven years? So it's probably 2016. So four, that's probably four years ago. The show's been off for a couple of years. So in order, doing that, the, the, the most watched broadcast network in, like, on television for the, in order for them to do that. And they're, and, and most of their viewers come from middle America and they're white. But now you're, you're doing, you're bringing in the other races. This is great. Good for CBS. Now, CBS also did something else. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter, written by Leslie Goldberg. They, CBS started a new partnership with the NAACP. It's a sprawling content partnership deal. The multiple-year pact includes scripted, unscripted, and documentary programming for broadcast, cable, and streaming platforms. This is, an, mention, just even mentioning streaming, this is going to be huge for CBS All Access and whatever that turns into uh, Viacom All Access. I do hope they keep the name CBS All Access whenever it becomes uh, Viacom streaming platform. I think CBS All Access is a really good, because show because CBS owns Showtime, they own and then they own Viacom stuff or Viacom owns them. Who knows? Uh, but I think CBS is synonymous. Like if you say HBO Max, Cartoon Network stuff is on there, and TBS stuff is on there, and TNT stuff is on there, uh, along with the HBO stuff, along with HBO with uh, along with Max Originals. So All Access, I think is great. Uh, as part. Of a new multiple-year agreement, CBS Studios, TV Studios, and the National Association of the Advancement of Color People will team to develop and produce scripted, unscripted, and documentary content for linear and streaming platforms. Under the deal, creative leaders from CBS TV Studios will work with the civil rights group to establish a dedicated team of executives and an infrastructure to acquire, develop, and produce programming. The goal will be to produce premium content while also expanding the number of diverse voices telling inclusive stories that increase the visibility and impact of black artists. Okay. So that all the, all that being said, I don't want this to every project be about, uh, race, you know, just, uh, improving the race. I want, I, my favorite, one of my, my favorite sitcom of all time, happy endings. Uh, uh, at work, I'm watching how I met your mother. Um, uh, friends, I would, you know, I would love to see shows like that, but with people of color, it doesn't have to be a whole race thing because their shows weren't all about race. <laughs> like happy endings. There's only there's one episode where uh, Damon Wayans Jr.'s character uh, wants to get away from his white friends because he needs to hang out with some black people sometimes. Uh, I don't I don't think it has to be. I hope it's not all about. I hope they don't just, you know, 
get you. Even even a show like uh, Bob Hart's Abishola, where you think it's going to be uh, an entire show of uh, this big, this fat white guy is chasing after this uh, African woman and they can't be together. No, after like three episodes, they start dating. Maybe like seven. After a couple episodes, they start dating. And it becomes this genuine, heartfelt, funny show just about people from two different worlds and the and they're dating and it's and it's funny uh, i i truly i enjoy that show i just want people to watch it <laughs> so get cbs all access uh the first couple of episodes a little shaky but then you'll you'll, you'll love it <laughs> including the deal is a commitment to not only develop for cbs owned platforms but also to third party platforms meaning that the partnership will be supplied to other suppliers like uh, netflix other buyers like netflix and amazon so that's great Wow, that's amazing. That sounds like I, I, I'm, uh, I'm mocking, but I'm not. I'm not. Um, CBS has truly done a, a real turnaround in the past couple of years. I mean, even you know shows like Magnum PI. I believe uh, what's his name Hernandez is uh, Magnum PI. He's a uh, he's a Latino man. Jason Hernandez, Jay Hernandez, Jay Hernandez. <laughs> Look at me. God, I'm so fast with this. I've never seen a second of the new Magnum PI. But I know that his name was Jay Hernandez. Uh, th- that show, Hawaii Five O. I mean, everybody. I mean, I understand there were some issues with Hawaii Five O, uh, but everything has like they've really changed. They've really changed everything. Um, and I'm and I'm I'm very I'm very proud of CBS. I I would love to see where this is going for the network, and obviously is going into the right place because, I mean, ain't gonna deal ain't gonna deal with uh, NAACP. This just Amazing. Now, sometimes, sometimes you think, uh, why not? And I know I've, I've, I've been ignorant to this, and I've brought up this idea to uh, a writer for a TV show that is on HBO Max. I think it's on another streaming network, too, but now it's on HBO Max. Um, but uh, the, and, the, and, I, and I, brought up, I brought up this idea. No, no, no. Excuse me. This is for somebody who just sold a movie to Netflix. Any Hoosers. <laughs> I've been talking to people. I brought this idea up of a colorblind uh, hiring for writers' rooms, and you know, for years I thought that'd be a good idea because that's what Samantha B did for Full Frontal. I think I even mentioned this in the past couple of weeks. But the thing is, you can't do that for everybody because I read something just this week on the New York Times, uh, written by Maya Phillips. It's called Hamilton: The Simpsons and the Problem with Colorblind Casting. So now, you think. You know, shows like Hamilton, you just cast people uh, and, and, you know, they all happen to be brown people. They all happen to be brown. The, the conceit of the show of Hamilton was to be um, for it to be brown people telling the story of white people. Um, it's uh, but she says, importantly, uh, though egalitarian in theory, colorblind casting in practice is more often used to exclude performers of color. It's a high minded sounding concept that producers and creators use to free themselves of any social responsibility they might they may feel toward representing a diverse set of performers. And and uh, eventually, you know, she gets down to it. Uh, Mickey Rooney's Asian character in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Historically racist. Uh, nothing compared to a lot of the things that have been uh, canceled in the past couple of uh, weeks. Um, Alec Guinness's Arab Prince in the Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, let's see. Lawrence Olivier in Blackface as Othello. Uh, I can see that in my mind, too. It's so crazy. I've, 
I God, I can see Lawrence Olivier in my head as Othello. It's, it's insane. Go watch this stuff. In the past decade alone, Natalie Portman, Emma Stone, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson thinks she can play everybody. She can play a trans person. She can play an Asian. She can play. And people still love her. And she does not back down from what she says. Uh, so it's interesting. I just thought this was a, this was a good thing to go along with the uh, CBS NAACP thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't you you colorblind casting. Um, it does sometimes people just use it to as a way to get out of uh, hiring the people who are actually colored. Um, that might be the title of this episode. Listen, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna get right back into. We're gonna get right into. We're gonna get. Let's do it. <laughs> And we're back. We're back to the show. The, what is this called? The Constitutional <laughs> episode 166? 167? Maybe one of those. I try, when I start the show, I try to, uh, I try to say the episode title. Uh, the episode title. I try to say the episode number. And I never do because I don't know it. I think I've said it maybe out of 167 episodes this is. I've said it maybe 25 times. <laughs> Go back and count. This is episode 167. Go back and count. We'll see what happens. All right. This is uh, coming to the next thing we're talking about. This comes from the rap again. I never read the rap anymore because it's all all it is is uh, freaking ads now. Sign up for the rap pro. Sign up for the rap pro. I don't want to do that. Written by Brian Welk. All the viewership numbers Netflix just revealed from Space Force to The Five Bloods. Now, this is a very important thing because Netflix never reveals numbers. And I should start the timer right now. Netflix never reveals the numbers for their movies or shows. Unless it is to prove that, hey, this show and this movie did really super duper well. Uh, I think, and so they so they do it for like shows like Stranger No, no, no. Not even Stranger Things was announced. Uh, I just rubbed my nose like a Coke addict. Uh, I've never done Coke in my life. Um, I thought there was a bug in my nose, though. I don't know why there would be. <laughs> I thought there was a bug in my nose. So, so I think for uh, Nielsen revealed the Stranger Things. <laughs> Nielsen at the top of the show uh, revealed the numbers for Stranger Things, and and those weren't official, but you know they're more or less close. And uh, let's see, one I don't know. Uh, I remember there was one time Netflix like bought out billboards to say they knew how many. Exactly, how many people watched a certain rom com like Love Actually? I, I don't, don't don't think it was Love Actually, but it was like Love Actually like thirteen times in one week, um, and stuff like that. Uh, it's uh, so weird. Anyway, Spike Lee's Defy Bloods racked up twenty seven million views since the movie debuted in June, while Space Force, the Steve Carell comedy, uh, had seen forty million. People, 40 million people in the first month of, uh, when it's on Netflix. Mindy Kaling's also hit the 40, uh, Mindy Kaling's Never Have I Ever also hit 40 million households in the first month. The Wrong Missy had 59 million people in its first 28 days. <laughs> Jesus. The Wrong Missy, a movie that 1000% would have failed in the theaters, did gangbusters for Netflix. And that is why Adam Sandler continues to have. Guaranteed, 
at the end of this, he uh, so the first the first contract he had with Netflix was like four movies. This next contract is four movies. Guarantee you'll have another contract. Uh, I, like I don't think I I doubt. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we'll ever we'll never see a, an Adam Sandler produced movie in the theaters. Uh, I'm just saying that I wouldn't be surprised if the first thing they landed on was Netflix, as opposed to being able to go see it in theaters. Flora's Lava and Too Hot to Handle had 37 and 51 million viewers, respectively, in their first month. Wow. That's crazy. And then, of course, uh, anything uh, under the Black Lives Matter collection was boosted. Uh, I have a thing about those these collections on Spotify, YouTube Music, Netflix, Amazon, like all these things that are under the Black Lives Matter uh, collections. I don't like it. <laughs> I'll come in here to say, hey, I don't like it. It's saying it's it's I understand the good nature behind it and the goodwill behind it, but it's it also seems like a little bit of capitalization on the movement. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I don't like it. That's like if uh, like if there was another like if there are more tragedies or uh, like like if there was a <laughs> like if there was a giant like another tsunami. Uh, off of uh, on the like in Japan or something, they're like, "All right, well, 2012, let's play. Tw- let's play, let's just 2012 San Andreas." That was horrible. I feel very bad for saying that. Oh, don't cancel me. This data comes after Bloomberg acquired a list of the top ten movies on Netflix in their first four weeks, with the recent Chris Hemsworth action film topping. The list had 99 million views. Extract. Uh, I also I had a I, I had a conversation with a friend this weekend. Uh, I was watching. Uh, I finally saw Triple Frontier after it being on my list for years, probably since the day it came out, because I don't watch things the day they come out, because uh, I don't want to be part of the group. And I called I called uh, that movie Extract because I thought it was I thought that was Extract because I specifically on Sunday afternoon sat down and said, "All right, I got two hours to kill. I'm going to watch Extract," and then. I clicked on Triple Frontier thinking it was Extract, and it's not. <laughs> and then, uh, so the entire time I was calling Extract, I'm like, hey, Extract, Extract. And then and then I, then I we had the phone call in the middle of the movie. I was like, man, Extract is, is really fun. <laughs> uh, I've watched Extract at some point. And then I sat down to watch Old Guard, and I, I kept calling that Extract. I'm a very boring person. Also, Netflix. Uh, it was revealed this week that uh, in their quarter, in their second quarter of uh, this year, they added 10 million subscribers, which means there are still people who don't have Netflix. Which means, yeah, still uh, great for Netflix. Good uh, because in the I think in the last half of 2019 they were losing people, um, or they had they had stagnated something like that. Last half of 2019, early part of 2020. So great for good for Netflix. Truly, that this is this is happening. Uh, but now. What I'm thinking is, at some point, the shows and the movies are going to dry up eventually, if, if especially if we can't get back to production. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of why you want to get these shows back into production. The Witcher, watched by 76 million households. The Witcher 3, played by me for 30 hours. Uh, I think I'm still level 8. <laughs> Something along those lines. All right, let's get into another streaming service, and this is the last thing we're going to talk about. Peacock. I want to see your peacock, cock, cock, your peacock. That's a Kesha song. Peacock launched this week on Wednesday after being out for, I believe, two or three months. 
uh, for only for Xfinity subscribers, Xfinity X1 and Xfinity Flex. I'm doing this all from memory. This is insane that I just said all of those words from memory. Uh, written by Todd Spangler over at Variety, Peacock launched with 20,000 plus premium hours. But just like HBO Max and just like, uh, that's it, just like HBO Max, it's not on Roku or Amazon Fire TV. There's, so, Peacock is NBC Universal streaming service. You have, uh, let's see, let me dig up my phone so I can look at this. It's a, it's a neat little service. I don't see myself paying for it. So there's three tiers. There's a free tier, which gives you about 13,000 hours of shows. And then there's a, a, a paid tier. There's two paid tiers, one that has ads and one that doesn't have ads at $5 and $8 respectively. And uh, no one should pay for it. <laughs> but, however, there are a bunch of really good shows and movies on here that are also available on two to three other services. Uh, 30 Rock and Parks and Rec are both on, while I love both of those shows, are both on uh, Amazon or Hulu or Netflix or a combination of the two. Saturday Night Live, same thing. There's even more seasons on Hulu. Uh, And you know what? And excuse me, but I thought that that SNL, I thought there's going to be more SNL on here. Um, I thought there's going to be, you know, for CISO on NBC, CISO, rest in peace. There, it had every single, mostly every single episode from the last, you know, 40 plus years uh, when CISO was a thing. And you could watch, you know, all the sketches and everything. But now there's only everything from 40 on, I believe. So the last 12 seasons, I can't, it's not even letting me scroll. The app is not good. Uh, There's, okay, so it's from the last, from season 40 up to season 45, which is this, this past season. And then uh, there's one episodes, you know, from thirty one thirty, and it's just it's just random one episodes uh, from like from like a couple seasons back. With I, and you would think that Disney Plus launched with The Simpsons. Uh, Hulu's got a lot of good shows. Netflix has a lot of good shows. You know, Netflix has you know, The Office. Um, it's going to have Seinfeld. You've got to have shows. Uh, Amazon Prime has Mad Men right now on IMDb free. Uh, you, I, th- I think it's in the best interest of NBC in NBC Universal to have every single episode of uh, SNL on here. They have Johnny Carson's uh, Tonight Show, but they only have ten seasons of it. I believe it's the last ten seasons, uh, and it's it's good. That's good because you could never stream Johnny like you. You can't like on YouTube. You you have to find like old tapes that people have. Uh, Excuse me, they have 20 seasons of Johnny Carson, but they're all random episodes from each season. Twenty-five Season 25, for instance, has 11 episodes, but season uh, 21 has five episodes. Uh, and, and so, I, I mean, I know they're old late shows and they're dependent on this stuff. They're, de- they're dependent on the guests and the, and the news of the time, but it's, it's better if you can get a full catalog. But I understand... I know, I know, it'd be tough to get music and stuff from for for Carson or for the Tonight Show, uh, for uh, Fallon or for you know uh, Leno's run, you know, for any of that stuff, or even for SNL too. Uh, but do your darndest to get that stuff. Yeah, I said damned earlier, and uh, I don't know why I didn't say it now. And then they also have originals, uh, a show called Brave New World that's based on the book Brave New World, which I have read twice, and. Let me tell you how many books I've read twice, like four, including Brave New World. 
and uh, a Malcolm Gladwell book that I really, really liked. It's not Blink. It's a tipping point. It is Blink. <laughs> I got them both mixed up <laughs> in my head. I was like, no, 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 it's definitely that one. <laughs> uh, but so uh, I, I said that uh, Peacock did have some free stuff and then it also paid stuff. The paid stuff is is things like uh, Ray Donovan, which is why would Ray Donovan be on here? But Viacom, uh, I think I mentioned this earlier in an earlier episode, I said that Viacom is going to allow other shows to live elsewhere. Uh, so that means if Ray Donovan, Ray Donovan is going to live on CBS All Access, then it can also live, uh, or Showtime anytime, and then it can also live on uh, another streaming platform. Uh, the Affair, another Showtime show. Everybody loves Everybody loves Raymond, Two and a Half Men, King of Queens. Um, but then you can watch shows with ads like Frasier. That's on every streaming platform. Uh, Frasier, 30 Rock, the movies that you watch, Chrisley Knows Best, uh, Star Valence, Code Monkeys. Code Monkeys from G4. I had to watch an episode. And uh, it's exactly as I remember it. Uh, Monk, you know, things like that. It'll have ads. And there's they promise no more than five minutes of ads. Um so the content expand, uh, goes from all NBCU-owned networks, uh, from NBC to Bravo, to USA Network, uh, MSNBC, CNBC, and the Golf Channel. Like it's it's crazy. Oxygen, all this sci-fi, all this stuff. E, I just name everything now. Golf uh, Golf Channel, <laughs> NBCSN. It's really it's cool how they can have, they have date, Dateline on there. They have uh, like the new episodes of uh, Chuck Todd's show or whatever the heck he hosts. Uh, it's cool that you can watch this stuff. Uh, like a day after it's basically it's like Hulu but for NBC shows and you don't have to pay for cable or anything Uh, and then also Peacock is licensed shows blah 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 Uh, so when it launched I woke up and I go usually what happens on these these uh, these days when when a streaming network launches streaming platform launches I go oh I gotta download the streaming platform I woke up uh, I'm, I'm about to work out and I'm just trying to download the app to my phone so that when I'm eating breakfast, I can, this means nothing to nobody. When I'm eating breakfast, I can, I can scroll through it. It's not on the Android app store. And I go, what the heck's going on? Grab the old iPad. It's sitting there on the app store. All right, go there. On, I, I turn on the Xbox where, so I can uh, turn on the Peloton app and whatever, not Peloton app. The, yeah, the Peloton app on the Chromecast. My Chromecast is on the back of the Xbox. Any hoosers. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I turn on the Xbox and, um, it's, uh, it's on the Xbox, it's on the Xbox store. So it's, it's, it, the website's working too. It's literally on everything except the Android platform, which is the most used platform in the world, which blew, which blew, boggled my mind. And so basically I, I did my workout and I, just, and I was scrolling through on the iPad and on the Xbox and. And signed up and put my name in there and everything. And then basically I got to work and I finally downloaded it. It was finally up. I thought that was the strangest thing. I didn't understand what was going on. And uh, they just gave some BS about uh, just trying to get it up and at me. Uh, so, so speaking of 30 Rock and the NBC Universe on Peacock, uh, multiple NBC affiliates are not going to air tonight. Well, today that it's airing. Uh, thir- the 30 Rock special, the COVID-19 special, uh, due to all of the Peacock promos, this comes again from Tim Basinger over at The Wrap. Uh, and essentially, the crux of this article is that networks and affiliates are are tired. Networks uh, affiliates are tired of 
you know, getting the short end of the stick, you know, when, if a, if something, if something premieres on streaming, then, or if it airs on streaming primarily, it's, they're not going to get the money, you know, for them. And in the affiliate, that affects the entire, uh, affiliate company. <laughs> so, uh, the fullest of stations. Oh, Tegna. Oh, include, that's my station. Wow. Okay. That's what I used to work for. Uh, it sucked. Uh, <laughs> NBC declined to comment on the reason for the preemptions, but Vulture reported that it's over concerns the special is too focused on the new streaming service, which rolls out nationwide. Do you, you want to be able to think these should work hand in hand for, uh, let's look at ESPN plus for Disney. Uh, you, you get the ESPN, the God, I, I don't want to say this word, but you get the ESPN content, but, and then, but then also, uh, you, it's treated just like a regular ESPN streaming. It's just like the network. You, you know, you're getting, you're getting it, you're getting it. Uh, but I think in this case is that uh, it's it's kind of. I think the affiliates are seeing it, seeing this Thirty Rock special that's supposed to act like an upfront special for um, for Peacock and for NBC Universal shows. Um, and by upfront, I mean like they're they're trying to show what new shows are coming on you know, Peacock and NBC. Uh, but I think they're seeing this as, as, as NBC going, Hey, don't watch the affiliate. Don't watch those channels. Don't watch live linear TV, watch streaming. You can do whatever you want on streaming. It's going to be a good old time when it's not. Okay. And also Peacock is already losing movies. Uh, Jurassic park, the matrix, a bunch of other movies are leaving the service within a couple of days. Same thing happened over at HBO Max. Uh, uh, Netflix is, is done. Disney Plus, like it's, it's like these things launch and then movies um, like are leaving immediately. This comes from Engadget, written by Chris Holt. It's common for movies or shows to cycle out, obviously. But hey, listen, uh, we got a little technical difficulty. <laughs> this is embarrassing. This keeps happening. Maybe I should just, like, I don't know. Maybe I should just have a separate camera set up. Now I can talk for as long as I want. More technical difficulties over here. Movies keep leaving the service. Movies keep leaving these streaming services. And it's the way that these contracts are set up. Uh, in the case of Peacock, it's uh, it's already been out for two months for Comcast subscribers. Uh, and so my guess is that, you know, they have, they signed up for, they signed the contracts in like April or, you know, February for, and the movies are going to be on here for three months until it's time to re-up. But things leave networks, streaming networks all the time, streaming platforms all the time, rather. I only call it a streaming network when it is a, um, when it's about a show or a movie that they own. Like, um. Extract. What's it called? What's the show? What's the movie? Uh, with Chris Hemsworth, I was just talking about. <laughs> uh, Triple Frontier. Okay, Triple Frontier. <laughs> Triple Frontier. <laughs> and um, this is a bad episode. <laughs> but uh, when if you if Netflix owns Triple Frontier, then uh, I call it I call it a network. But they don't own the office, so I call it my platform because it's lifting the office up. Peacock is very interesting. Uh, I do, uh, 
I like it, but I don't see myself like I've already listen, this is a personal thing. I pay for every other streaming net platform. And then uh then there's also, you know, uh, Tubi and uh Crackle. And you got to keep your eye on that on the stuff over there cuz sometimes, you know, Crackle has Dilbert, the show Dilbert based on the the um what's it called? The comic strip. Now, I watched this show live when it came out 2 decades ago. I'm still waiting for somebody to get Baby Blues the show. <laughs> God, I used to love that show. Uh, anyway, so I mean, just and 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 scrolling through Peacock, and you know the app is uh, the app is very easy to use. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, um, it is so there's a lot of good classic movies. Um, you know, I really like Peacock in the same way I like uh, HBO Max because there's a lot of good classic movies on here, like uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And then, you know, Rear Window, Vertigo, Psycho, like it's, they have a lot of, they have Hitchcock stuff and then they have Lone Survivor, which I've never seen. I've always meant to watch Lone Survivor uh, by Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg, uh, but I never, never, ever get a chance to sit down. Uh, but also it's on the paid version. I'm not going to watch it on paper. <laughs> I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not paying $5 to watch this. Uh, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good movies on here. However, Peacock is very interesting in that just like Pluto TV, which is, and if you if you remember, uh, Pluto is the the now Viacom CBS owned streaming platform where it's a bunch of free channels, quote unquote, uh, that have that are themed. So it could be like the uh, the comedy movie channel, the action movie channel, the James Bond channel, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles channel, which I only leave it on. <laughs> The uh, IFC channel, and uh, and they have they have like, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of channels, and uh, and it's it's a really neat thing because, you know, you if you just want to watch for some ungodly reason, if you just want to watch the 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show and a 2003 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show, then they have that on one channel, and you can just leave it on there. And it'll just go. There's ads. Uh, there's sometimes too many ads, and there's and you can also watch uh, a good amount of things on demand. Um, and NBC Universal saw that and said, "Let's implement this into our app." And so now we have um, an NBC News Now channel, uh, a Today channel that has. Uh, I'm sorry, it was, my volume's up. My uh, Today channel that has uh, news stories from all day, and it's a 24-7 channel. Uh, there's a channel for about The Office, uh, but it's only like The Office shorts. I, I assume when um, they're going to get The Office in 2021, so I can only assume The Office shorts channel is going to become just The Office channel. Uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, there's a Fallon channel, there's a uh, Myers channel, there's a, like, it's, there's a lot of channels that you can just scroll through as a poker channel. I love Ginny. What's I Love Jenny? Anyway, there's a lot of good channels on here. And uh, a Comedy Dynamics channel. Wow, I like Comedy Dynamics. I talk to a lot of people from there uh, that are represented by Comedy Dynamics or that are putting stuff with their Comedy Dynamics. <laughs> uh, so I think that's really that, that's a really interesting move to for people who are just like, who just want to put something on. Uh, and, you know, they can see that Pluto is doing really well uh, because it's free. And it's important that you can access this stuff for free. 
Uh, and then also something else that differentiates it uh, from everybody else is the news aspect, like I was talking about earlier. You got nightly news with Lester Holt. You got Sunday Today. And again, Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. These are shows and movies and things you can watch, um, or documentaries, excuse me, shows and documentaries in the news section that you can watch without having a cable channel, without having a cable sign-up subscription. Is a Morning Joe playlist. Okay. I get it. Squawk on the Street playlist. I love Squawk on the Street. I was at the dentist a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, and they gave me the remote. There's like a, there's TVs in every dentist room now, apparently. And they gave me the remote, and I turned it on Squawk on the Street, because that's what I like to watch in the morning. That or CBS This Morning. Other than that, nothing. Uh, and then, very interesting, there is a sports channel that has... Uh, it's going to have Premier League when that when that well as that goes on. It's going to have uh, I don't know maybe maybe football if that when that starts back up. I don't know, uh, but it's I mean it's great. And then obviously the Olympic stuff when that when that starts back up. And then there's a Latino section, a specifically a Latino section where uh, there are there's Telemundo stuff as well as Spanish versions of some of the movies and shows that are on here, like Shrek and. Uh, some of the crappier things, Blair Witch Project and the birds. It's a, uh, it's really interesting. I, I, I love that. I love that idea. Uh, that's very inclusive, inclusive, very inclusive of them. Um, so Peacock exists for a reason. We're just not sure yet. Uh, where I was thinking about this earlier this week. Disney Plus doesn't have to exist, but where it does. It does offer up the full catalog of The Simpsons, which we got to Well, full catalog of The Simpsons. It did bring about uh, Hamilton to the masses. It did bring um, shows like Bonkers and uh, That's So Raven that probably would, well, Bonkers, I know for a fact, would not <laughs> survive on any other streaming platform. Um, and even Disney's Duck, which you couldn't stream prior, I believe. Hold on, let me let me double check. I don't know if Disney's Duck is on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Because if it is, then you can watch the whole Doug series, one on Netflix, I mean, one on Hulu, and then one on uh, uh, Disney Plus, D-O-U-G. You got Doug, you got Disney's Doug is on here, It's and Doug's first movie. Uh, if you don't know, if you know the difference between Disney's Doug and Nickelodeon Doug, uh, Nickelodeon Doug, he was still in middle, uh, he was still in elementary school or middle school, something like that, and then next, oh, and then uh, Disney's Doug, it was it aired on uh, ABC, I believe, on Saturday mornings, and this is when he's like, it was like a year later and he's in eighth grade or ninth grade or something like that. And everybody had cool new designs. <laughs> it was really wicked fresh. <laughs> so that's Disney's Doug. And then Doug's first movies where he told uh, Patty Mayonnaise that he liked her and they helped out that swamp monster. Listen, I was horrible in uh, school. <laughs> I charmed my way through. But if you want to know anything about some obscure television show, from uh, the last twenty-seven years, then I got you, baby. But Peacock, Peacock, uh, uh, so so Disney Plus exists in a space where it's offering something up. Um, let's go to HBO Max. HBO Max is doing the same exact thing. It's got the HBO stuff as well as things that probably would die on other streaming services. The Alienist, uh, Search Party, you know. Um, Uncle Grandpa, I don't know. <laughs> I had to choose something else. Uh, things that would not have life 
if they were buried somewhere else. But if they're buried in HBO and someone discovers that stuff, then you know, and it's already and you know it's already uh, Warner Media content. God, I can't believe I said that. But I but the there's two main problems with this. With NBC Universal releasing Peacock, they're saying they're adding to the notion that uh, all parent companies need to own their own stuff. But with Viacom CBS, they counter that. Viacom CBS is coming out with a, you know with the newer version of CBS All Access in a couple of months, and they're going to say, "Listen, if you want Ray Donovan, if you want um, anything but Star Trek, anything but the Twilight Zone, you can have it. But we're also going to have it too, and we're going to have our own stuff." Um, and then uh, the NBC Universe Peacock has nothing really to offer to offer the world uh, except for the except for the freeness version of it. And but as long as they can have free, as long as they have eyeballs, I think twenty million people downloaded it in its first day. So as long as you, as long as it has eyeballs, then you know, and twenty million people, I'm three. <laughs> Xbox, phone, <laughs> iPad, <laughs> it's on three of my things. <laughs> So really, nineteen million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-seven people downloaded. Ah, uh, so we'll see. We'll see where this where this thing lands. Um, I'm going to continue using it. I mean, it's it's a competent app. Uh, I think, you know, with the uh, let, let's compare the Peacock to Quibi, and I know this is completely unfair, but. When Quibi Quibi launched and uh, it kind of just nosedived, um, especially having this, you know, it's short form video. Uh, and I know I only signed up just to see what it was like and to, you know, flipping and stuff. Um, that's me flipping it. Uh, and then after Reno 911 aired, I just thought, okay, why would I need Quibi? Because I don't, I don't want to watch anything else on there. And flipped. I watched Flip too. But Quibi doesn't have a use case beyond the phone. Well, prior to it having, you know, airplane casting, uh, prior to that, it didn't have a use case because nobody was out, you know, and even still, I mean, just watching things on the phone, period, is just garbage. I know if I ever start watching something on my phone, I immediately go, why am I doing this? And then, you know, I just, I move it to a bigger screen. It, that, that's what makes sense in, in, the, in this. But for Peacock, uh, it came out with an app that works. Um, it's uh, you can cast or airplay from it immediately. It, the free stuff worked. You know, you, you make your watch list and uh, and it's and it's free. You don't have to worry about dropping five dollars just yet. Even their original shows, you can watch without paying for it. You can watch them with ads. Brave New World, I believe, you can watch the first couple episodes uh, without having to pay. That's the Disney Plus app. That's the camera app that accidentally opened up. I think all of Brave New World is up, but I'm not entirely sure. Also, I don't feel like watching anything else. Uh, only two episodes are up. So we'll see where Peacock is in a couple of months. I don't. I do believe that unlike CISO, NBC Universal will get behind this in a way that that is supportive. For CISO, it was I think CISO was around for eighteen months, and they they came out 
guns a blazing. CISO was the the comedy streaming platform, and uh, you can watch your you know Parks and Rec and Thirty Rock and SNL and uh, you know um, a bajillion dollar properties and and all these other you know flowers, all these other great shows, and and then you know it's five dollars a month, and that's a very cheap price, and that's and that's kind of I think that's the basis of what they use for Peacock, uh, and then you know you get to this point where they're not putting anything on there. They're not really talking about it. You only see ads for it. And then um, I think the heads, you know, the people were like leaving, the execs were leaving left and right. And there's basically like one person at the end of the end of the day doing, doing, you know, holding it down. So I, th- I think um, them seeing, first of all, it being an umbrella app, holding everything under the NBC Universal umbrella, much like HBO Max, them seeing... Netflix and HBO and CBS and uh, Hulu and Disney Plus and and all the other streaming the other two streaming platforms that are doing well, them seeing that I believe is a way for them to not want to uh, to not want to stop doing this. So I mean, compared to just looking at the the video apps I have on my phone, I mean. They're not going to they're not going to be competing anytime soon with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or even HBO Max. But I don't think that's the point. I think this is I think much like HBO Max. Um, who was it? Uh, not John Legere. That's the FX guy. Uh, the HBO Max, the HBO CEO. Uh, he was went before it launched, like a week before it launched. He was saying that HBO Max is is supposed to be. Uh, complementary to Disney Plus. They're not worried about fighting each other. Um, I can see Peacock being in this same vein. Same thing with CBS All Access because I believe that that there's an ad tier on that one for that one that one as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, good for good for NBC Universal. I can, I really came around on this as I was talking this out. Listen, we got to go. If you like what you heard here, head to the website seablescomedy.com where there's interviews with famous comedians. If you want to see a video version of the show, head to youtube.com slash comedy. There's also the uh, the show um, News Time, where I take one story and I dissect it, like The Daily Show, Last Week Tonight, all those other shows. This week's episode is about Lady A, Antebellum, versus Lady A, the blues singer. I break down the legal dispute over the name, and uh, you know what? It might change your mind based on who you support, or if you support nobody, you might you might still be that way. See what happens. It's a really good episode. Check it out. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Seabless Comedy. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Chat Black White. To like us on Facebook, rate, review on every podcast platform that you like. This is the end. I'm done. I gotta go because the camera is running out of time. Goodbye. <laughs>